Hi guys, happy June. I, I can't, literally cannot believe that I'm saying that. Oh my goodness. I feel like it was literally yesterday that I was finishing up college, trying desperately to find a job, um, looking into possibly moving to California, which at the time I was like, lol, what a, what a joke. And now I'm out here and I just, it's just insane because I remember moving and thinking, okay, I just have to make it to May because that's when I'm going to come back home and have a vacation with my family. And then May hit and I went on that vacation and I'm just like, I cannot believe that it is already officially summer. I mean, to me, June is summer. I don't know about you guys, but like, I don't ever follow the official things like, you know, summer solstice and whatever, autumn, like autumn is the first day of September. Um, winter is like the day after Thanksgiving. Spring is, I guess spring is like mid-March. And then summer is gonna be the first day of June. That's my calendar. Don't care about anyone else's calendar. Don't care about like, the official science of it. That is my calendar. I hope that you guys are like super pumped for summer. What are you guys' plans? Um, are you guys gonna be like counseling? Are you working a lot? I I just made a cute little summer bucket list that I'm so excited to post on our Instagram. I don't, uh, okay, so I really enjoy doing illustration, but I just find, I mean, obviously it takes a long time, so I put a lot of photography on Oh Beloved One, but I'm kind of dabbling more in illustration right now. So I made a little post about a summer bucket list, and I will be posting it probably tomorrow because I'm the worst, and I cannot wait. Like, forget a content calendar. I kind of like to make stuff and post it as I go. Um, let's, let's hear a little life chat. Not much going on. I went on a hike today per the norm. I, I, I just need a shirt that says like my extracurricular activities include hiking, hiking, and more hiking because <laughs> I'm also going on a hike tomorrow afternoon. Um, it's just, I, I can't get enough of it. There's something about walking around after being in an office all day. Try it. I'm telling you. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so I hope that you guys are just having like a great intro to summer and I know I, I just asked on my Instagram what topics you guys would like to hear about on the podcast, and um, one of our listeners mentioned overwhelm, and I need, immediately drew to it because I've been dealing with a lot of overwhelm, and it's not even just like stress from my job. I actually thrive in fast-paced situations and, you know, just like being busy in general. Um, although long extended periods of being busy, of course, I mean, I'm human, it's gonna burn me out. And you guys totally get that. I mean, it's like college all over again, of course, especially when I'm at church. I don't know why, but I'm just sitting during the service. And I really think it's Satan trying to distract me because I'm trying to listen to the sermon and either, you know, stuff's just going through my head. Like, oh my goodness, you totally procrastinated yesterday and now you have to do a million chores when you get back home. You haven't even done laundry, haven't done dishes, you haven't mopped, you haven't cleaned the shower. Wow, you are so behind. Or it's just spiritual even. Um, and the thing is, so it's like, you know, I'm thinking, oh wow, this sermon is so good. I have so far to go. I am such a trashy Christian. Like, I'm just the worst. And so, okay, so here's the thing. 
the Holy Spirit does not speak negatively to us. Like, yes, he pushes us to be better. He says, hey, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Hey, you need to do better. But it's not this shame, right? Um, I've really been reflecting on Psalm 34 right now, and it talks about how those who look to him, their faces um, are radiant, and they shall never be ashamed. The Holy Spirit is not um, that of shame. God does not shame us. Shame has no place in our lives. The first emotion that Adam and Eve felt after they sinned was shame. Shame has its purpose, but it, it moves us to confession and it moves us to a better place. And there's like, there's like a good kind of shame and a bad kind. And I just clearly know when I'm in the church service, when it's Satan just being like, ah, you, you're the worst, you know, like that is not uplifting. I need the Holy Spirit to say, hey, you know what? You're not quite there yet, but this is your action plan. This is how you're going to do better this week. You can, by God's grace, do this. So I just wanted to talk to you guys a little about overwhelm. It is summer right now, and I know for a lot of us, this means that things are kind of slowing down a bit more. For someone in the workforce, it never slows down, really. Um, I guess if you have a seasonal job, like I used to be a proofreader for a Christian textbook company, and I think it was, oh, I'm not even going to remember exactly, but basically there's a time of year when we publish a bunch of books, which I'm assuming that would be the fall. So it's probably something like the spring is really slow because we just pushed all of our, you know, fall content out. Um, or maybe it's winter. Anyway, that's not important. But um, kind of like that. So let's just first off talk about like what overwhelms us. And for every person, there's specific trigger points. And I by no means am going to be able to cover every single point in our lives that could overwhelm us, but I do just want to brush over some general ones just to make sure that you guys, you know, you know that you aren't alone. The thing is, Satan loves to isolate us. Um, He loves to say, wow, you are the only person with this problem when I guarantee you, you are 100% not the only person. Now, maybe like you're the only person in the exact place, time, location, and the exact circumstances, but people have been through things like you are before. It's Solomon says nothing is new under the sun. True. So, okay, I think one of the biggest ones is just we get overwhelmed about the future in general. Um, I know in high school I was overwhelmed with just getting good grades and feeling like I need to be doing more extracurriculars and even choosing a major. I was pretty sure I wanted to do graphic design, but by sophomore year, I just, I I feel like this is kind of, everyone kind of goes through this. Let me know if I'm not right, but I feel like sophomore year, everyone kind of takes a step back and is like, whoa, is this really what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? Because I don't know. I just don't know. Um, and then once you're in college, of course, of course, there's the big, what is next? It's just so overwhelming. And I even think about, I hear older people sometimes talking about their lives and it almost happens in chapters, which in and of itself can be overwhelming because right now I'm pretty content with where I am, you know, but I'm just thinking, wow, I'm only 21 years old. There are still, you know, 30 chapters left of my life and how many different, you know, jobs will I 
have. I mean, there's people who said, you know, they used to be in the business world and then they hit their 40s and they retire and they, or they don't necessarily retire, but they quit and become missionaries, you know? And then they come back to America in their 80s and start some nonprofit, whatever. And it's just like, oh my goodness, my, just that knowledge that my life is not ever going to be a steady constant, um, which can actually be a positive thing because that would be so boring, right? I mean, yes, I like this right now, but do I want to be doing this exact same thing for the next 60 years? I don't think so. Life needs change. Life is all about change. And just ask my mom. I am such a creature of habit. Every big life change has been a, I mean, it's like the Titanic is sinking. I seriously, I mean, every summer I have like this crisis because I go to camp and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be here for the next 10 months and, or 10 weeks. And I, I didn't do what I should have done when I was back home and I can't do this. There's just too much responsibility. I had a freak out for my first job. I worked at Chick-fil-A and I was sitting in the parking lot just like shaking because I was so scared to go in and do an interview. I'm just naturally very averse to change. Do not like it. I enjoy small spontaneous changes, but overall I like my life to be pretty expected. No big bumps in the road. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things that can overwhelm us, just the general fear of the future. Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to go? What's my job going to be? Um, what is my exact job title going to be? You know, what should I study in college? All of these questions. And we don't get a magic scroll from God one night that has it all written out. And I don't know, I used to kind of I don't know, I used to pray and just be like, God, I really just wish that you would send down a written letter about what I'm supposed to do because I will do it. But the thing is, if you are following God, and I firsthand experienced this when I had to move to California, I learned to live with my hands open. I had to let go of wanting to live in my hometown, in my family's house, and... I had to even just let go of, because eventually I was like, oh, okay, moving to California might be cool. And then I was worried that it might not pan out. And I just had to give that up to God and say, hey, you know what? Like, I understand you might actually want me to live in South Carolina and live a, a life that a lot of my friends might think is small or people that I know might think is small. But if you want this for me, I can't go wrong. And God will make it clear. I cannot explain to you exactly how he will because it really is a very personal thing between you and God and it has to do with the circumstances and, you know, the adults in your life agreeing and saying that this is this is a good direction possibly, you know, if they're walking with God. It's just a collection of a bunch of things. So the future definitely is overwhelming. I also want to say that God's plan for us can be overwhelming. You know, when I think... God brought me out here to California, I can think, oh wow, I maybe I'm missing my calling in a way. Maybe I'm not necessarily just here for a job. Maybe I'm supposed to be volunteering at some place in the evenings. Maybe I'm supposed to be more involved in my church. Maybe, 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 and just all of these maybes, I, I am just thinking, whoa, God's will for my life is too big, too powerful. And eh, I'll just go ahead and mention Moses right here. 
because um, I have several Bible characters that were faced with possibly overwhelming circumstances, which honestly was probably every Bible character ever. So, of course, we know Moses. He was faced with the task of literally leading the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, which Egypt was the most powerful country in the world. It was ginormous. Um, he was going to be have to go back to a place where he grew up in and had known that it was pagan and not good. Um, maybe he still knew people back there. And, and so when God tells him the plan for Moses' life, you know what Moses does? He makes excuses, which I totally relate with. He says, um, you got the wrong guy. I can't do this. You want me to be a leader? I, I am, um, slow of tongue. I can't even speak properly. I'm not, you, what? Why, why me? Pick someone else, please. So we oftentimes see God's will for our lives and just think it's too big, which I do think is a big reason why God doesn't reveal his whole will to us. Because if we saw the entire plan of what God's going to do with us, we probably would, you know, cross it out with a big red marker and say, absolutely, no. what? I can't do this. I mean, there have been things in my life which, you know, if if when I was 15, God had, you know, come to me and said, hey, in six years, your mom's going to have cancer and it's going to be really, really hard on you in your junior year of college. I would be like, um, thanks, but no thanks. How do I, how do I get out of this? The thing is, that's why God's will is so great because it forces us to, the thing is, that's why God's will is so great because it forces us to completely depend on him. And when you look back on the situations, you'll remember and you'll be able to say, God, I, that was not even me. I could not have done this without you. There's absolutely no way. I am so small in and of myself, but just looking back and seeing the big things you did in my life, it is powerful and so comforting. Another thing that causes overwhelm is even um, self-development. Just, just thinking, which I touched on a little bit, but thinking about how much, how far we have to go in making ourselves better people. Um, growing up, I really struggled with seeing um, how sinful I was. And I feel like God has really cracked the whip on that, which I, I am actually grateful for. I think I needed a little bit of, I feel like I had a huge blind spot, especially growing up. I, you know, quote unquote, grew up Christian. So it's hard for me to see how terrible a person I am. But going through trials and just in the past, couple years I've seen whoa I am such a messy person and yet God still deals so kindly with me and he continues to love me and work on me and invite me to be in his will and do great things with him and for him and that is just absolutely insane to me so that that whole self-development of when you truly deeply see how sinful of a person you are and even I just feel like Anne Green Gables sometimes, you know, like constantly doing things wrong. And it's just like, God, why, why are you so patient with me? That doesn't even make any sense. I'm not patient with me. Like I mess up and I'm like, Amanda, what in the world? We talked about this. We talked about this. We were going to do better. But here you are messing up in the same way again. Never learns. So self-development can be really, really big. Um, I know personally for me, health 
can be a really hard thing. I have a chronic illness that I've been struggling with. Um, I guess I was diagnosed in 2019. And we live in a culture that's very much self-help. I mean, there's so many books, so many... If, if you want to get healed from your chronic illness, there's going to be someone online who says, oh, you can heal yourself. You just need to do this and this and this and buy this tea and follow this diet and, you know, don't eat gluten dairy. Um, make sure that all your meat is, you know, whatever. I can't even remember the words, but um, it can be really exhausting. It really can, especially when you try. Like last summer, I really did try. I really cleaned up my diet, but it was I was worse than ever because I was just so controlling. I was holding on so tightly to my health. I was like, God, yeah, I need your help, but also I'm going to be driving this. I need to try and just, you know, sit down and shut my eyes and just like wish, wish, wish and just hope and do all these things and I can make myself better. And so because we live in this self-help society, it's really easy to have a problem and just be like, oh, there's a 10-step program for this. I can fix it myself. God, I don't need you, um, especially in the health arena. And I don't know, just reading the New Testament is so sweet to me now because you see Jesus healing people who are sick, who have chronic illness, and he just touches them. He just looks at them. He just hears their story. And he heals them. Yes, I need to be responsible for my body. Yes, you need to be responsible for your body. There's nothing wrong with trying. But there's also a balance. And I tend to be really obsessive. And I love I love a challenge. And I love conquering things and seeing results. And so when I see something that says, oh, you know, follow this and you will get these results, it's kind of fun to me. But after two years of trying and not seeing anything... It's so exhausting. And so I came to California and I said, you know what, God, I'm still going to be responsible, but I'm also going to let go. And I'm going to, oh, I'm just going to breathe and I'm just going to let you do this and you be glorified in this. And now I'm not saying that if you do this, you are guaranteed to wake up tomorrow and be healed. But I, I want to cry. I'm just I've had two months of amazing results of this, and I know that it is all God because, you know, when I was eating 100% clean, literally eating like kale and quinoa and grass-fed chicken and all this stuff, I did not have results. But now I'm just buying what I can, eating vegetables, and I am getting the results that I have finally, I've been searching for them for so long, so, so long. And so, again, not saying that you will magically be healed, but health is something that is so, so precious and so, so hard because there's the balance of I am responsible for it, but also at the end of the day, if I get some disease, God allowed me to, and God is going to teach me through it, and me wanting to heal myself is very overwhelming, and that is not my responsibility. All right. Another thing, guys, let's talk about, which it's funny I said that, guys. Guy stuff can be extremely overwhelming. And as I'm getting, I don't want to say getting older because like real older people always laugh at me because they're like, you're still just a kid, which I am. But I mean, 
I have friends in my 20s that are still unmarried and we're all kind of in this little club together and you just kind of look at each other and it's like, you know, are, are you okay with this? Am I okay with this? How am I feeling? I am naturally an independent person um, and I'm just really enjoying the freedom that I have right now so I actually feel like I'm in a really good place. But I do have friends that are struggling and I totally get it. I... It's especially, you know, like growing up in the South. It's, you know, get married young, go to Bible college, have kids, be a pastor's wife. You know, like that's that's a great path to success, right? And so thinking about, oh my goodness, what happens if I never get married and I end up in a nursing home all by myself, all my friends are dead. Like that's one of my worst fears in the world. But you know what? Gotta give it over to God. Stuff about that cannot overwhelm me. If it's in God's will, then it is in God's will, and he's going to have perfect timing. If I learned anything in my teens, it is to not push God's timing. God has someone out there for you, or he doesn't, and he, in his own perfect timing, is going to bring him. No amount of pushing and prodding and trying, and we as women can be manipulative without even knowing that we are. We can get our way. We can make situations happen. And that, I'm going to tell you guys, don't do it. Don't do it. I know we live in this female empowerment society that says, hey, go get the guy. I am very against that. Just because I think we might try too hard and get our hopes really up and it just ends up flopping. So if I have any advice for you guys, that would be it. Don't be overwhelmed about guys, though. I'm telling you, God's got this. If he has our we trust him with our soul, right? We trust him with our eternity. We said a prayer, and we trust that he has saved us from hell. So can we not trust him with a guy? Can we not trust him with our future, with his own will, with our self-development, with our health? And then finally with school, right? Oh, guys, I will never forget. School can be so overwhelming. So overwhelming. Juggling social, juggling grades, juggling home life, juggling all these different things. Yes, very overwhelming. We just have to take it one assignment at a time, one day at a time. And there are so many different, you know, moving parts to the school picture that can be extremely overwhelming. And I just want to tell you guys, it is summer. Maybe you're doing summer school, but just take a breath, breathe, pray, rededicate, you know, your school life to God and buy a planner. No, no. If, if I had one like really practical tip, buy a planner. But seriously, this too shall pass. Sophomore year, I thought would never end. Junior year, I thought would never end. By senior year, I was so ready to be done and just become a graphic designer and do what I've been studying. But one day, you will be in the workforce and you will be out of college and you will think back with fond memories on college and maybe even sometimes gasp, wish that you could go back. I'm kidding you not. You will miss seeing friends and like gobs and gobs of friends every day. I mean, it's just crazy thinking about that. Like, whoa, every single day I got to see my friends. What in the world? And I guess, like, now at work I got to see that. But being around so many people in, you know, their, you know, their 18, 19, 20, that is really cool. Very different. So enjoy it and embrace it. And 
I don't know, I kind of want to give you guys practical advice. I'm just, I'm just saying, buy a planner, man. Color code it. I love Stabilo, Stabilo, Stabilo pens. They are the absolute best. That and a lot of prayer will get you really, really far. Um, maybe I should do a, like a practical tips episode about this because I have got a lot. I'm a big, I love learning. I love school. I would probably have gone back and got my master's except a, nobody needs a master's in graphic design unless they're going to be a teacher. And I, no, that's definitely not in the cards for me. So, I probably, or I may not have covered the things that is overwhelming you, but know that whatever it is, God's got it. I, listen, he, he has written your whole entire story. I, as a writer, love this. I love this. And we try to take the pen from him and write our own chapters, but he has literally written our story, had it proofread, had it sealed, bound, checked it off, and said, you know what, this is my perfect story for, insert your name here. This is my perfect story for them, and nothing will change my plan for them. I will fulfill the plans that I have for them. That's a song. Can't remember the reference, but that's literally a verse. I will fulfill the plans that I have for you. A beautiful verse. All right, so I love thinking about Bible characters just to make it real. There were, I mean, so many Bible characters that were or could have been overwhelmed. So we talked about Moses. Um, let's talk about Abraham. So I, I guess in a way I kind of felt like Abraham. God told Abraham to pack up and leave and go to a country that he did not know. Um, I definitely feel like California is a different country. Never, never been here before. Um, don't know the culture, never been to the West Coast actually. So it literally felt like I was being told to pack up and go to a different country. Abraham... Now, the Bible doesn't really say what his, you know, exact response was, but from everything I see, it, it looks like he just packed up and obeyed. Asked no questions, said, Sarah, let's go. It's time to go. Wouldn't you be overwhelmed with that? I mean, I know I was. God's saying, hey, I want you to move 2,000 miles away after you've lived with your family for 21 years. I want you to, you know, pay for an apartment when you've never really even had a real job. I want you to, and I'm an introvert, guys, you know, so I had a church hunt by myself. I had to make new friends at my work. I have had to do everything. I mean, I have to grocery shop and wash the dishes. I have to do everything by myself. That definitely was overwhelming. So I can't imagine Abraham. He did not have Yelp. He did not have Facebook. He did not have the internet to research, like, you know, what parts of LA to stay out of, which is Hollywood, by the way. And he just went. And then God tells him that he's going to be the father of a nation. Like, whoa, he, I mean, speaking of being a leader like Moses, Abraham had a lot riding on him. He was going to have to be the father of a nation, which sounds like a giant task. Was he up for it? Was he overwhelmed? I mean, it sounds like Sarah was overwhelmed, even just in, you know, conceiving a child when she was past the point of being able to have a child. She'd probably given up hope. And I know just from um, having friends that have children, you know, becoming a new mom is scary. You, and she probably thought, I am past the point that I should be a mother. Can I even be a good mother to this child? This child that is going to be like part of this nation that God is promising us? Oh my goodness, I have to raise this kid. That is terrifying in and of itself. But I think that we see from Sarah and Abraham 
Now, I love Mary. Um, when I was a kid, I was in a play, and I wanted to be Mary, but someone else was Mary. And so um, I remember that there was a line, and the girl, the way that she said it was just so beautiful. And I, so I was probably, what, 10? And this girl said, and Mary pondered these things in her heart. And I, I, I've always been a word nerd. I love big words. So as this little 10-year-old, I loved the word ponder. But I had no idea what it really meant. I thought it was just a pretty way to say, you know, think on. However, it's more like ruminating. It's like meditating. So I think when God asks us to be or do big stuff, like he asked Mary, speaking of wondering if you can raise a child that's going to be important to the universe, he comes to her. She's this teenage girl, supposed to get married, and he tells her that she's going to have the Messiah. Whoa. Speaking of overwhelm, but what does she do? Mary goes through her beautiful Magnificat in, um, I believe it's Luke 2, and then she ponders these things in her heart. She praises God, immediately prays to him, and then she sits there and just meditates on it. And I think meditating on God's will for our life, meditating on what he's doing is important. Praying and saying, God, you are doing such great things in my life. This is who you are. I am claiming these things, even though I am scared. I am claiming these attributes of you because you cannot lie and you said in your word that this is who you are, so this is who you are. I also think of Esther. So Esther was kind of like a Moses figure, I guess. She was called to save the Israelites. And she's also just this young girl. She's terrified that the king's going to find out that she's Jewish. And she, has, she literally has like thousands of lives on her shoulders. Talk about a scary, scary thing. And also, she has to go talk to the king. And if he, if he isn't happy with her, then he can literally um, say that she needs to be killed. That's also terrifying. So, so, like, there's a lot of ways that this plan can go wrong. And Esther, the Bible actually, which I didn't catch this until a couple months ago, I did the Esther study with She Reads Truth. And the Bible actually says multiple times that Esther was scared. Esther was so scared. I mean, I just imagine her not eating any food because she is just so dog sick. Like, the thought of doing this makes her absolutely nauseous. She's so nervous. She thinks, I can't do this. Why, why on earth would God call me? And also, of course, like back in that culture, women were not valued. And so she, she might have even been thinking, why doesn't God raise up a man to do this? I'm, I'm a woman. I'm not a leader. I, I, I can't do this. What in the world? And yet, what she ends up doing is she, it's, and it, I don't know, I just imagine her doing this calmly. As you can tell, I have a very, like, vivid imagination when I'm reading stories. But she says, all right, command the people to pray and to fast. And when we're done doing this, I'm going to go to the king. So I also think that we can take notes here in that if you are really, really feeling like you need a breakthrough, fasting is great. I, I actually fasted a lot when my mom had cancer because I just felt this battle going on spiritually. And I just needed to focus just me and God and not having to think about meals really, really helped with that situation. So fasting could even be 
helpful for you if you are feeling overwhelmed and just need peace and answers to to your questions. Now, of course, um, reading the Bible is so, so comforting. I just choose a book of the Bible and study through it. Just let the word soak over you, breathe new life into you. I'm telling you, if you pray before you read, you know, we... There's, there's going to be devotions where you're just like, whoa, this is so good, whoa. And then other days when it's like, okay, I feel like I didn't really get anything giant. And that's okay. But God, especially when you're going through really big things and overwhelmed, he will connect things so much. I posted a blog post um, this past week. And that that thing that I wrote, um, it was on First Kings 1. That was from me feeling overwhelmed, praying to God, opening up to 1 Kings, and literally being hit over the head with this just amazing, like, like gift from God. He just laid it out so clearly, everything that I needed to do, everything that, you know, was my problem. So if you guys want to read that post, feel free to. You now know the backstory behind it. And it just washed over me new, and it just made things so clear. Suddenly things were clear. It's not like I had 100%, okay, this is what I should do, blah, blah, blah. But I just, I was like, okay, I can do this. It's going to be okay. And so I would encourage you to read the Bible. I would also encourage you to tell someone, tell someone that you're feeling overwhelmed and have them pray for you by name. Your, your pastor's wife, your mom, your closest friends. I have some friends that I know will pray for me and I'll, I'll text them and say, hey, can I need some prayer right now because I'm just so overwhelmed. Also, just keeping track of amazing things that God is doing in your life and writing down a thanks every day just to make sure that you're keeping things in perspective because, I don't know, I'm the type of person where maybe there's like one small problem but then they keep adding up and then just, you know, 20 small problems become this huge monolith. And suddenly I'm having this crisis in my life and I'm saying, oh, wow, if I had just dealt with this one problem, then I wouldn't have this, you know, highway traffic mess, this this crash in my life. I also find that if I'm watching too much TV or listening to too many, you know, just secular podcasts or too much secular music, it can really mess with my mood. So I specifically, well, I first off specifically leave blank times in my day where there's no sound, um, no nothing, so that I pray to God in the silence. Um, and I also make it a point to play Christian music, to watch Christian YouTube videos, and to um, listen to Christian podcasts and Christian music because it really, I mean, you are what you think. And in times when you're overwhelmed, you really need to be thinking about God and getting a good perspective of him and what he wants. So I think that that can be really, really beneficial. Just soak your life in God. That's really what I'm trying to get at. And he will bless you so much. Take away the overwhelm, show you his amazing grace. Also, um, stop focusing on ourselves. I know that this is huge. I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And instead, I need to turn around and say, but you can, you can, you can. The thing is, we search for ourselves in the Bible, in our lives. We're trying to find out who we are. We seek a lot of us, 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 us. But the thing is, life is all about learning more about God. And so 
if you are focusing on who God is, just collecting his attributes, praying over his attributes. I've been doing this thing where um, at night or, you know, just when I remember, I'm kind of praying through the alphabet and I just, every night I go on to the next letter of the alphabet. So I think I'm on F tonight. Yeah, I'm on F and just praying through his attributes and meditating on those. It's so resetting and solidifying and it really it's just like my son it's what I can orbit around and I know that it's ever constant ever true and it's going to be there for me overwhelm is definitely a huge thing we as girls tend to overthink things a lot we like to plan we like to have a perfect life an aesthetic life especially with Instagram and everything and guys life is not aesthetic it's messy we deal with overwhelm. Life isn't always going to be planned and perfect, but our God is perfect and he has it all planned. So it's going to be okay. And I just, I just really feel for you guys. I, I know because right now I'm kind of in this overwhelm. Um, like I said, not really at work, but just with, you know, personal things, thinking about how much I still have to grow. Um, and just how still uncertain the future is. Things don't change much after college. You're always looking for the next thing. So the good thing is that when we are Christians, we have something that we don't ever have to be overwhelmed about because God loves us and he's there for us and he has a perfect plan. Just hang on to that. Be in the word. Um, and the overwhelm will get less overwhelming. I promise you guys. I hope that this episode was super, super helpful and encouraging to you guys. Please make sure that if you enjoyed this, share it with a friend. Send it to a friend who you know is going through a tough time, who is being overwhelmed. This really, really helps us um, grow the podcast and share it with other girls. Make sure that you also follow us on um, beloved.magazine on Instagram. We post little devotional style captions. I try to do it for you guys just to add a little bit of brightness to your feed. And um, we also post updates on when the podcast goes out and magazines. Did you guys know that we have a free magazine? Yes, we do. And it's about um, 40 to 50 pages. We release it every other month. It's totally free. And you can get that by going to our website, obelovedone.com. We also have years of blog posts up there, lots of free resources, a shop, just all the good things. Guys, Thank you so much. You listening right now. Thank you for listening. This just means the absolute world to me. And until next time, don't forget that you are a beloved daughter of the king of the universe.